0: Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe for work. This particular episode is on GameStop. Now, the bulk of this episode is going to be kind of a time capsule. So back in 2017, a friend asked me my opinion on GameStop. And rather than calling him like a normal person, I apparently just sent him a couple of voice memos. And I still have those voice memos, so I thought those may be of interest. Remember, this is from 2017. As far as the short squeeze of 2021, I suppose I could offer my opinion on that at the top of the show here, real quick. Uh, I think Keith Gill, aka Deep Fucking Value, aka aka Roaring Kitty, uh, is extremely intelligent. I think his original thesis was sound. You could probably quibble over his bet sizing, perhaps, but I think his thesis that GameStop was oversold. Uh, And the short interest, you know, was too high, etc. I think that was fair. Uh, But then he got this cult-like following on Wall Street Bets. And it really caused this pump and dump scheme without the dump. Everyone forgot to dump it. And, uh, you know, this course made national news, this big short squeeze. And I think there's a lot of lemmings in the stock. If you go into Super Stonk, it's a subreddit on Reddit, Super Stonk. These people make Wall Street bets look sane. It's like the short bus to the short bus. It's essentially this cult where these people think that buying GameStop is this bag of beans to becoming a millionaire. They think GameStop is going to be a hundred trillion dollar company. They're out of their fucking minds. Uh, there's no logical basis for any of it. It's just this cult echo chamber. It, it's fascinating to subscribe to that. It reminds me, it, it's it's worse than the Bitcoin subreddit and just the laziness of the analysis. Uh, but in any case, um, they think the short interest now is higher than it's ever been. And if you look on a financial website, you'll see the short interest of GameStop is... Really nothing to write home about. But they think that's part of this grand global conspiracy of media outlets and governments and corporations just all working together against GameStop and against the GameStop shareholders. And they really view it as a revolution between them and the establishment. They view buying GameStop as a fuck you to the establishment, as if the establishment cares what you have $400 invested in in your Robinhood account. Uh, but anyway, and that's really here. I recommend it. It's fascinating reading through Superstonk. Like I said, it's like getting to be on the. F- it's like getting to be the fly on a wall of a Halley's Comet meeting or something. It, anyway, uh, but anyway, uh, this is the, the voice memos from 2017. Enjoy. Hey Bill, long time no see. So I'm actually driving in my car right now. So I thought I'd give you kind of a, your own personalized podcast here. So yeah, GameStop, that's a company I looked at about a year ago uh, for my value investing group because I thought it was a prime example of a value trap. So just keep in mind though, I haven't looked at it since. So everything I say is from that perspective from about a year ago. Um, so basically you're spot on. You put it very succinctly. The, they're going to get cut out of the distribution channel. And that's been the bear case against them for years. And the reason why I thought they are a prime candidate uh, to show as an example of a value trap is because they had a low multiple. I believe it was eight back then. I believe you said it was around five today. It was about around eight back then, but their top and bottom line growth uh, had been positive. They had top and bottom line growth for like the last three years. And so to the uninitiated, you look at that and you go, okay, there's a low multiple, but there's growth. I guess this bear case about the move to digital is a bunch of smoke and mirrors. Wrong, 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 wrong. And, and this is why. So, yes, the top line and the bottom line uh, looked impressive, relatively speaking. But if you actually broke it down by segment, You'd kind of see how they were engineering it, and I'll explain. So they broke it down by new revenue, sorry, uh, new software, used software, hardware, and then other. And the other is very important, but I I am going to get to that last. Uh, So new software was actually uh, seeing negative growth. It was in decline despite the fact that the overall trend in the industry is software sales are up. So there's your proof if you needed any more proof. There's your proof that there is a move to digital in the software space Uh, every system whether it's the sony playstation the nintendo switch uh, the pc or the xbox has their own store that you can buy games from and really quickly just the convenience factor alone is amazing so i'll give you an example i was with my friends i think it was about a year ago And someone brought up the game Worms. Like, I used to have that in high school. We used to play it on the Sega Dreamcast. That's back in, like, the late 90s. And I was like, oh, wouldn't that be great to play it now? So I went in the PlayStation 4 store. It was, like, 15 bucks. I bought it, and within 10 minutes, we were playing it again. There was no going to the store, hoping they had it. None of that. It was just instant gratification. So unlike with a lot of stuff that Amazon is competing against, um, where you know, there's like this, uh, this delay in the delivery. There is an instant gratification. You can go to Walmart and buy it and get it now, as opposed to ordering it off Amazon and getting it in like three to five business days with your digital gaming, you get it now. So there's really nothing impeding it. And also it's more convenient from the perspective of you can be sitting on the couch, just cycling through the games on your system and you don't have to get up and change the disc. Um, if you're a parent, like I just bought a Nintendo Switch for my uh, nieces and nephews, and I uh, I kind of implored my sister-in-law, here, please buy this memory card for it so you can buy the games digitally, because these kids have a history of losing and destroying uh, DVDs. So get it digital, you'll never have to worry about it. Um so I think I've made the point for why digital is so much more convenient. Uh, so yeah, GameStop has been cut out of that. If you needed more proof, you can look back through their 10K or through um, video game developers 10Ks. Uh, this thing's gonna hit over four minutes, so I gotta stop it and do a new one. One second. Okay, so you, one thing I did is I looked at uh, video game developers 10Ks. Uh, you know, like Blizzard, Activation, uh, EA. I'm sure there was a couple more, and. You know how they have to delineate who their top customers are? If those customers are over a certain percent, they have to delineate it. Well, if you went back far enough, you could see that GameStop was one of the top um, you know, resellers for these companies. But in more recent years they had fallen off. So that's just more proof that uh their cut of the pie is going down if you need any more. Um They're used... So that was uh, new software, which I guess that was in decline. Uh, Used software, I believe, they saw growth. uh, New hardware. Again, there's growth. That's a highly cyclical uh, business. When there's a new video game system, it's going to... You know, it's a tie that's going to raise all boats. Even a, a dinosaur business model like GameStop. And then finally, the other. And the other is actually extremely important. Because what the other includes is... So if you go into a GameStop, they have a cabinet that's filled with like old iPods and old iPads and old iPhones. They didn't always have that. And so what they basically did is they started selling... They basically became like an Apple reseller. And so that they saw a lot of growth from that, but thats not that doesn't have a long runway. I mean, by now, every GameStop is going to have that little cabinet. So there's not a lot of room for growth there. So the growth they were getting from that... Um, was not long term to belabor the point uh, more recently in the last year I know they've done two new developments which I'll, I'll touch upon here um, the first is they tried to turn their stores into like a hot topic uh, you walk in and they, they sell a bunch of cheap um, video game licensed merchandise Oh, that was my exit dang nabbit alright that's okay I got plenty of time All right. um, So, like, just a bunch of toys, towels, coffee mugs, that kind of bullshit. Um, I don't think that's been very successful for them. Like I said, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm guessing that wasn't a big boondoggle like selling the used iPads was. And the second thing they've been trying to do is they're moving into, like, a video game subscription model, which I do think is the future of video games. I just don't know. And I haven't researched it, so I'm not going to speak too much on it. I just don't know how well-positioned GameStop is to be the platform that rents video games to people digitally. Kind of Think of like a Netflix for video games. I believe it already exists in the form of Gamefly. I've never used it. Um, I'm not sure if Gamefly is just physical copies like Netflix was at first or if Gamefly is digital. But I would have to suppose the way video games are going is a streaming model where the, the computation would actually be cloud-based, and the only thing um, keeping that from happening, I would guess, is slow internet speeds. That's the way I, I would guess it was going, and GameStop, like I said, I'm not sure if they're particularly positioned to handle anything like that. I mean, to go from a brick-and-mortar uh, retailer to the net- next Netflix, I'm not sure if that's realistic, so. Anyway, that's kind of the long and the short of it. Like I said, I haven't looked at them in, a, in about a year or so, but it is a company that gets brought up. I know Nick, Brought it up, he's lost money on that. Well I shouldn't say that maybe he hasn't, but it seemed like he did. And then it was brought up like the last special situation of the meetup. One guy brought it up as like a potential special situation. Um but no, I definitely think it's I think it's a piece of shit, like you so eloquently put it. So all right. Thanks for listening, Bill. Have a great day, bye bye.